to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE is a catalyst for change in the engineering industry, and one of the biggest ways we inspire that change is through our annual SWE Conference for Women Engineers and Technologists. This year's conference, WE21 in Indianapolis, Indiana, will help attendees at all ages and stages learn, connect, and grow. Join us for three days of networking and relationship building, over 250 professional development sessions, three inspirational keynotes, and a career fair featuring more than 300 exhibitors. Let's aspire to inspire at WE21, October 21st through the 23rd. Head to we21.swe.org for more info and to register. Hi, I'm Rachel Morford, President of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. Today, I'm joined by Denise Countryman. Denise is Vice President of Technology at Home Depot. She is currently responsible for technologies supporting home services experiences, customer order management, and contact center experiences. Thanks for joining us today, Denise. Thank you for having me. I have a few questions that I know our listeners are very interested in hearing about. So I will just jump right in. Software engineering is obviously a very exciting field. Can you tell our listeners why you chose to pursue software engineering? Well, I have to admit that Software engineering wasn't my first selection. <laughs> it was not my first path, but it was ultimately the right path for me. I really grew up as a, as a really loving math and science and problem solving. And I really wanted to think about those items as things of attributes that I want to continue to pursue in my career. And I knew when I went to college that I was going to have to pick a path. And my first selection was actually electrical engineering. It had a lot of math, it had a lot of science, and a lot of physics. But I think around my junior year is when I thought, is this the right thing for me? Is this what motivates me? Is this what inspiring me? And after a few classes of hydraulics and circuits and many, many labs, I decided at, at that point, I needed to pick a different path. And I look back and think about, you know, a younger, less mature college student having the courage to take a different direction. But I did. I sought guidance. I looked at these are the things that excite me, which again is math and problem solving. And and they had a recommendation of me pursuing a new major back then, which was management information systems. And that had a great blend of math and the problem solving, but it also included engineering, software engineering and development courses. And I loved it. I, that, was, that was what I loved. And I enjoyed that so much that that ultimately led me to my first position at Home Depot as a software engineer. Thank you for sharing that, Denise. I think it's so important for our college student listeners to hear about someone choosing a different path there, sort of mid-course. I think that's a really important message that we need to convey. It's okay to change direction and find something else that you'll love even more. 
So thank you for sharing that. You've been with Home Depot since 1999, where you started as a software engineer, as you just mentioned. And I imagine you've seen a lot of change in the digital world during that time. Do you have any fun anecdotes about those shifts over the years that you can share? Um, yes, there are several, but I'll, I'll pick a few. The first one is around probably devices. So when I first started at Home Depot, I worked in store technology, store systems. And I was on a team that supported inventory management functions within our stores. So our associates that would manage our inventory positions would, would work with looking at our shelf healthiness of our stores, as well as purchasing for our stores. And back then we thought we were really advanced, which we, which we were, but we had a, what we called a mobile ordering cart. And this was a, like a laptop or a tablet that was ruggerized that sat and was mounted on top of a rolling steel cart. And, you know, on the second shelf of that cart was a small label printer for like, you know, printing price labels. And the lower shelf of the cart was probably around a 30 pound, you know, battery that was powering this whole entire solution. And, but, you know, it worked. It allowed our associates to walk down the aisles, get in front of the shelves, make inventory management, you know, solution, um, you know, solutions and adjustments. We are able to allow them to, to tap and print out new price change labels and do those activities. And but I but as I fast forward today, 20 years later, you can see the evolution of, of what that infrastructure now has turned into, where they basically have the power to do all of that, all of those activities that we offered on that platform directly from their, you know, their handheld devices that are running in our stores. That's a really fascinating story. I imagine any of our listeners who work for startups or who are working to start their own company related to software development have a lot of that same experience with FTPing yes. a software directly into production. So, <laughs> yes, we, sure. we felt pretty much this a very similar way. <laughs> we were trying to, you know, you know, work really quickly to be able to, you know, provide those improvements or, you know, new features as quickly as possible. But it was very much like a, a startup mode. Which must have been a really just fascinating time to work for a large company like Home Depot to have that experience. And, you know, you've described in some of what you just talked about the the cutting edge technologies that your stores use for customer experience. And I know that that's something Home Depot has really embraced. What would you say it is like to work for a company that is so forward thinking? Yeah, I think it's um, a really great, you know, experience and a great company. I would say that we really put our customers first. And that's just not, you know, a slogan that we use around the company. I mean, it's a behavior that we have all, um, you know, supported. And we, we really empower everybody from the associate level to field level leaders to even our corporate office, which we call the store support center to, to really support our customers every, you know, any way that we can from supporting them through sales or resolving a problem that they 
might have. We truly put the customer first and empower our customers or our associates to be able to support those customers. And, and with that, when, when we put the customer first, it is also easier for us to be able to, you know, make decisions on behalf of the customers, use their insights and inputs to kind of guide us to make the best decisions at relate as it relates to, you know, their needs. What features or new capabilities do we want to be able to offer them? And when we're all trying to put the customer first, it is easier to get us aligned and all achieve, trying to achieve the same common goal. But I want to say about seven years ago, we made a transformational change on how we delivered new experiences that were technology supported into, into our stores and our digital platforms. And that transformation was around letting go of our old methodologies around you know, these monolithic projects that have 150 pages of requirements documents and a thousand page work plan, um, moving away from that waterfall approach and really embracing an agile methodology at Home Depot. And, you know, thinking about the creation of a balanced team to be able to deliver those customer experience um, using our product teams, our technology teams, business teams, as, as well as a user experience team, all working together um, in an agile um, pace to be able to deliver new experiences that our customers need. And we, we feel like we have been very successful, but we continue to try to improve and, and, and allow us to you know, to continue to mature in in the space of agile delivery and agile development. I would even say that some of our leaders even push harder to, to do more of a test and learn concept, you know, be okay with establishing some hypothesis, you know, putting together a, a low investment in technology with some process to prove out those hypotheses and be able to measure the results and then make decisions do we move forward or, um, you know, and with the investment and scale this capability, if this is something that the customer, you know, really wants or we feel value that they would they would have with this new feature or not. So I, I think it's a really great um, culture that allows us to be able to to go fast. And I know it sounds cliche, but the idea of quickly failing fast and being able to move on to the next feature um, can be so so valuable in a large organization like Home Depot. Denise, thanks for sharing that. I think that's something a lot of our listeners, regardless of what industry or background they have, can resonate with as more and more companies have moved towards that agile process. And I think a lot of industries are applying the, the test and learn concept as you described it. One of the things that I know has been uh, an aspect of Home Depot's journey over the last 20 years has been the the interconnected retail journey. And I imagine you and your teams have played a significant role in that. An interconnected retail journey seems like it would have a lot of moving parts. Can you tell us what has been one of the greatest challenges of a project of that size and what has been the most rewarding? 
Yes, it's been a journey, and I would still say that we're we're on we're continuing on that journey. But as you know, Home Depot started as a brick and mortar business. We had customers coming into our retail stores. It was cash and carry, or leaving our stores with their product in hand. And we had an e-commerce awakening that occurred at Home Depot, just like many other companies, where we implemented our homedepot.com digital experience. We wanted to be able to begin to offer to our customers how how they wanted to shop with us, how they wanted to engage with us. And we wanted to make sure that, that we created an experience that allowed them to do that. And in doing that, I would say we we really created almost an independent company that was independent from our core, you know, retail stores. And this independent company consisted of its own products, its own items, its own way of, of managing the assortment from a technical and a process perspective. We also had unique ways of pricing these products. We had, you know, unique ways of how we fulfilled these products from this from this different business so you can see that that if we have these two different businesses and we had an interconnected strategy i would say step 1 and some of the biggest complications were how do we integrate these two businesses to be able to you know create those right experiences for our customers and how do we engage with our customers to to again satisfy them and and help them shop how they want to shop and and you know with with our businesses within our two different platforms one being physical and one being digital so i would say those are the biggest challenges where do we need to have you know common technology common processes to better create a really seamless and you know frictionless experience for our customers as well as our associates. So definitely those were some of the challenges. And as we began our interconnected journey, our first step into our interconnected strategy was was really almost at the very end of the experience. We actually started with our our, our returns experience, which we we call our buy online return and store. When we were selling product on HomeDepot.com and fulfilling that product for our customers, we realized that our customers wanted a more convenient way to return product and to be able to get their refund. So step one was we need to be able to allow our stores to be able to take back that product, give that customer that convenient location, be able to issue them their refund, you know, you know, real time. But it was a win-win because we also knew that bringing customers back into our stores can also lead to more store traffic and being able to satisfy the customers with, with a product sale coming out of one of those locations. And from there, we went to our buy online pickup and store. We've got buy online ship to store and then, and then of course deliver from store and many, many more experiences that came after that. Really, really satisfying the customer with that true inter, interconnected experience that we were, that we were after to support our customers. Your, your second part of the question was around what was most rewarding as a part of a lot of that work. Yeah. And I would say that it really was in early 2020 where I was, I felt most rewarded and just really inspired is, is during the early days of 
the COVID-19 shutdown. Our, you know, our stores were affected, our customers were affected, but we wanted to continue to be able to support our customers during that time. And given some of the work that had been done and being able to, to leverage some of the foundation that we had created to be able to support the strategy of being able to shop online and, and pick up, you know, from within our stores, we were we were quickly as an organization able to pivot and focus and implement new capabilities on top of that foundation to be able to, to satisfy the need and, you know, during a crisis. And some of the capabilities that we created in a very short amount of time with our, with all of our focus and support from our stores, as well as, you know, from our corporate office is to offer things like curbside pickup. And and then also to be able to think about, you know, offering, you know, touch free or reduced touch, you know, kind of like experiences by, you know, leveraging some of our lockers as a pickup option for many of our customers that might not want to come into our store or might feel more comfortable, you know, engaging with a locker just outside of one of any one of our locations. And, and, and then, and then being able to see some of the investments that we had made prior to ensure that we could scale and support volume as volume was shifting away from, you know, our in-store experience onto our digital platform, the volume was, was growing from an online perspective. And so it was really great to see the, you know, like I said, those investments that have been made to scale and to ensure that we can support the volume that came during that time. Again, just extremely rewarding to see that come together and to see us be able to support our customers and our associates and our communities in that way was, was extremely rewarding and also just very inspiring for myself and, and, and for, for others. I can only imagine that does sound like an incredibly inspiring work situation to be in, especially at the the start of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020. So thank you for sharing that. Switching gears a bit away from the Home Depot experience, how do you think women fare in software engineering today? Now, we all know that <laughs> software engineering is a very male-dominated, um, you know, industry or role, and we still have, you know, work to do. I would say progress has been made, and that there's still work to do to, you know, increase parity for the specific role gender-wise, and and. You know, I think about, you know, my story specifically, you know, I started out as a young girl that, you know, enjoyed math and science, found my way into a information technology degree, and then found my way to Home Depot as an engineer, you know, and, and continue to work at Home Depot and grow at Home Depot as an engineer and a technology leader within the organization. I think back and, and, and think about I, that didn't happen, you know, or some would say it happens because I got lucky. <laughs> but I, I probably have a few gray hairs to say that, you know, there was a lot of hard work as well that, that went into that and, you know, just, you know, investment in, in my craft. But I also had a lot of support along the way. I had, you know, 
mentors and coaches and champions that, you know, that were females within our industry that helped me, you know, evolve and mature and grow in this role. And I feel as if they're, you know, as, as leaders at our level and leaders that were growing, you know, in other organizations, we, we owe it to, to, to do what was done for us, you know, to continue to, to think about our focus in STEM and women in technology, Grace Hopper, you know, those are the kind of things that we need to continue to support, to encourage, you know, women to, to continue to grow in the software engineering field and, you know, to create that right environment that embraces, like Home Depot, that embraces a diverse workforce, that encourages inclusion, that thinks about, you know, equality, um, equity, equality, embraces our differences, you know, collectively together in a diverse group, all of our experiences and our, our unique ways of thinking ultimately contribute to a better outcome, a, de- a, de- a better product, a better delivery. And believing that and knowing that and encouraging that is, is what I feel is, is, is what I owe back to, to my career and back to, you know, the, you know, the, the software engineers that are coming up you know, behind me. I, I owe it back to them to to encourage them to continue to grow in, in their careers. Well, Denise, I think with that philosophy, you are certainly giving back and helping pave the way for other women, especially at the Home Depot. What advice do you usually share with those who are coming up behind you who you might be mentoring or sponsoring or championing? Yeah, I tell them all the time, never stop learning, never stop, you know, never lose that curiosity, you know, factor. I have been with this company for 20 years and I've been in technology. I've been in retail for those 20 years and I have taken the opportunity to, you know, to create changes in my career by, by being in technology. I also, you know, took some time to move into a merchandising organization. I also was in the online organization for a time. I, you know, I, I spent also some some time in supply chain before coming back to technology. But I'm always like, always wanting to continue to learn, continuing to grow and, and, and never, never stop being curious. Um, as many, as many engineers are, you know, never, never lose that desire to continue to be creative and continue to learn. I also encourage, um, you know, being, being assertive, being confident, being comfortable with, you know, good discussions and debates and sharing your opinions and point of view. That's always what I want to try to have people encourage. Let, let your voice be heard. And, and lastly, I, I, you know, I think I hinted on this, you know, in a previous question, but find a champion. Find a mentor, you know, find, find a role model, you know, that, that you can, you can look to and, and look to emulate behaviors of those role models. I was, I was lucky. I early on in my career, I had a manager that I will never forget. She, she saw things in me that I had yet to see. 
And she helped me with, you know, my blind spots on where I needed to improve upon. But she also helped build my confidence by reminding me the areas that I was I was achieving and where I, I was differentiating myself, whether it was my leadership style or my technical competencies, she was there to kind of encourage and lift me up and continue to build my confidence. So then when it came to, you know, you know, learning from my, you know, through my opportunities or working on my opportunities, it made it easier for me to be able to make those adjustments and really work on those things in order to, you know, ultimately improve upon myself. And then even, you know, and like I said, you you can never be without a champion, um, you know, or a role model in your career. Later, um, and, and in my prior role, I had the opportunity to work for a leader that was the SVP of supply chain also a woman, also in a very male-dominated you know, industry, but just watching her and how she how she communicated, how she would influence, you know, you know, cross-functionally across our organization, how she was so thoughtful and how she supported, you know, her team. Just watching and her behavior and her style really, really, really helped to, like I said, you know, I wanted to emulate that. I saw her success. I saw the the style that she used and the behaviors that she that she employed and and you know and and seeing somebody be successful and and seeing how they operate makes you really want to emulate that. So so that's what I that's you know that's what I would actually suggest. That's the advice that I would have you know for 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 women that are coming up you know in their careers is is to really think about you know never stop learning be curious have a good have a good debate and have fun with it and then and then like i said find that champion and find that role model you know to help you along the way i love all of those pieces of advice denise thank you so much for sharing them my last question is I understand that you found your job at Home Depot 20 years ago at a career fair. We have our annual conference coming up. So do you have any advice for job seekers who might be looking for their next role at our career fair? I mean, the number one thing that I can say about, you know, folks or, you know, you know, youngsters that are that are leaving the academia world and and trying to engage in their first positions, you know, in in a new company or is is to really take advantage of you know of those types of career fairs, but more importantly, internships. I I know that that my internship that I had during my college years really helped me prepare for my first first real career, first job at Home Depot. The experience that I had, you know, the real world, you know, thinking about, you know, a project and, you know, a deadline and interacting with others to be able to, you know, introduce, you know, a feature, a value, a deliverable associated with, with you know, a real company really kind of quickly created a maturity about, about me, but also also really gave me more well-rounded experiences about how to ready myself to come into the workforce. And 
And it's just, it's, it's so important, you know, to take those opportunities when they become available and to seek those opportunities. I'll say that for Home Depot offers internships. And we started our intern program in about 2009. And, and if I can recall, we had about 15 interns that we started with back in 2009. In 2020, we had over like 250 interns. And, and actually many companies, I think, canceled their internships. I think Home Depot was one that, that continued to offer the program virtually, knowing how important it was, knowing how, you know, our company, you know, definitely benefits from those experiences as well and offering those types of internship programs. But we really try to give them the best summer experience with true project work, an opportunity to present the results of their project work at the end of their internship, at the end of the summer. And we give them opportunities to have roundtables and interaction with our senior, our senior leadership team. So we try to make it the best experience possible where they can get, you know, you know, real experiences that can help them better prepare for their next position or their, their first position. It's just an overall great way to be able to, to get that and to apply it in order to, to, to get that next opportunity. Denise, thanks so much for sharing that about Home Depot's internship experience. And I, I think many of our full-time em- engineers who listen to the podcast will absolutely agree with your sentiments about how important those internships or returnships might be for getting experience that is beneficial to a, a career And again, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. I think a lot of our listeners have likely learned a lot about what it's like to work as an engineer for the Home Depot, as well as a bit more about the culture of a company so many of us utilize regularly. I think the description that you gave us about the focus on customer service and and customer experience and how you work to empower the Home Depot employees to better serve customers, for example, is really fascinating for me to hear. And obviously your fantastic advice about never stop, you know, never stop learning and be constantly curious and letting your voice be heard, as well as recommendations for emulating behaviors for role models that you look up to, I think is something all of our listeners can take something away from. And I know I have. So thank you. No, I appreciate you giving me this opportunity to be able to to talk with you and to be able to, you know, share my stories and some of my experiences. But I really appreciate the time. I'm Rachel Morford. For all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Remember to head to we21.swe.org to learn more about and register for this year's conference. 